Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you Jeff Calkins is columnist at the Daily Memphian and also hosts the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, what's happening? I'm good. Um, we just got done having an interesting conversation, Connor and I. And I know you've probably okay. had this conversations with, with, with Chris, with Jeffrey. Um, but what do you think about Kyle Kuzma to Memphis? In the, in the wake of sort of Bradley Beal saying that he would help facilitate a trade if the ownership with the Wizards wants to go to full rebuild. What do you think about a, a potential uh, Grizzlies-Kyle Kuzma matchup? What did you all conclude? I say absolutely. And, and the money, the, 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 the trade package that would work, that would work it's a sign-and-trade, we said it would be Zaire, Tyus, uh, number 25 this year if they get it done within the next week. And then it would be uh, the the pick in twenty four, the first round from the Warriors that would make the money work. And do you think he is the defensive player that you want him in that role? No, but here's let me ask you this because I I have said this I don't know if defense needs to be the emphasis necessarily. I know everybody's obsessed and talking about OG Ananobi and Macau Bridges, and they want to get the Dylan Brooks replacement. But I think more so than anything, you need to find someone who's at least serviceable on defense. But offensively, the Grizzlies for playoff basketball need to find a better offensively efficient person who can help you facilitate better half-court offense in the end of the day. like I, I Defense, yeah, it, it would be a plus. Um, but I think Kyle Kuzma, at the very least, could be serviceable on that end. In offense, he helps you dramatically. Well, there's no one. The problem is, it doesn't feel like there's anyone who's going you're going to have is going to be perfect. I guess my concern would be, you know, you've got Ja who really doesn't guard. You've got Bain who's adequate at best. You're small in the backcourt. You need someone, you know, to chase stuff around, right? You need okay. someone to to chase lead guards around, basically, and Kyle Kuzma is not that guy. No. So that would be my that would be my concern. So I mean, but then it's not even really defense, just defense per se. You need an on ball defender, and like right now, the only like in that starting five, the only player you have who can really guard is Jaron, and he can't guard everybody. Des, Des and that, can, that be, be Des can be solid, but he does. It, it takes away from his offensive end sometimes when he has to chase around a lead guard. I can get that. Yeah. What, what I, I like, do uh, like, what what ahead. I do like is that um, is that here we are. You know, I mean, it's fun. It's it's fun that we've gotten to the point where, uh, all right, the, uh, the 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 season's done, and now all of a sudden we're thinking about 
you know, where Dane's going to go. We're yep. thinking about where Bradley Beal's going to go. Um, and uh, we're thinking about where James Harden is going to go. Uh, and, and to me, it's, this is one of the really fun parts of the year, is to, is to think about how all these things fit. And, yes, if at the margin, it, it can help the Grizzlies at some point. So you're so, – but, but ultimately for that – I, I don't think I'm an enthusiastic proponent of that, but, but – uh, Okay. It's, it's something I, to, to kick the tires on. Yeah. See what happens. Um, that price, I, I, I like the price. Z Tyus, and I guess a, a first this year and a first, the Warriors first, the plus first that you got. And the price ain't isn't that bad for a twenty-one point per game score. No, no, and that was the other question: is it, is what kind of a team player is he? Yeah, I, I mean. That would be my other concern. I think you know? I think he could fit in as a number. He, does four. he want to be a twenty-one point point a game score, uh, twenty-three point a game score? Does he? Does that what he needs to be? Right. Um, because you know, one of now he's a better he's a better, more efficient offensive player than Dylan. But what you in the end, I think the player that you want to get in that role is the you know is going to take the fourth most shots, right? In in like John's going to take the most, presumably, right? Yeah. And and uh and you know, and, and, and Jaron's gonna take a bunch and does gonna take a bunch and so do you need another high volume score in that role? Like is that would is you that... would you so you're lean, you would lean more Dorian Finney Smith where he's not taking a bunch of shots and you want the defense. I think side. I would. I think okay. I would. Someone who will who someone who will seamlessly fit into the role, the hierarchy, the pecking order, um, that you need um that you need, you know, yes. Um, now he's not perfect either. He didn't, you know, he's, he's it, the problem is he, he doesn't, he doesn't shoot. I mean, he right. last year he didn't shoot well at all. And so uh, he doesn't solve that problem. And it is interesting, partly because Ja is, I mean, he's obviously fantastic at what he does, but he's not a good defensive player and he's not a good shooter. And so outside shooter, right? And so you have this situation where, you sort of need a player in that small forward role who can help Jod defensively, and you need a player in that if, if you have a non-shooter, that hurts, and if you have a guy who can't guard, that hurts. I, I mean, like I, either one. The reason, you, the reason I lean into offense is because like a Steph chaser, a Steph chaser only does so much. I know Dylan Brooks had some success you know, uh, every, what, third or fourth game against a guy like Steph. But I feel like some of these, I mean, these lead guards in the NBA are going to get their game off regardless. Why don't um, you just throw Luke Kennard in there and fire it up and be ready to go? I, I just, I, I, you know, I mean, and, and that's sort of a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting. I wonder what the Grizzlies are thinking behind the behind closed doors about if they're favoring offense over defense. Just but, lean in. I mean, if you're saying lean into offense, Luke Kennard, the offense is pretty damn explosive when 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 Luke was in there. Like, I mean, for example, let, let me bring this up. Like, is, do, do the Nuggets have a Steph chaser, in your opinion? Because Aaron Gordon's not that guy. He's not a Steph chaser. Actually, I think one of the reasons that the Grizzlies match up well against the Nuggets is the Nuggets, and I think one of the reasons the, Grizz, the Nuggets got lucky in the draw is they don't have a – they don't – like, I think the Nuggets – like, Dame two years ago, I guess it was just lit them up, right? Like, right. I think that's their weakness defensively. But who did they go up against? Who who was that in this playoff run? You know, the right. Lakers don't really have that guy. You know, actually, like they're they're, they're pretty well positioned to, to match up against the Lakers, and they're pretty well positioned. Um, 
you know, to, to match up against the Heat, they didn't really have to go up against that player. And it's one reason why, like when, when uh, John Martin was saying, hey, not being glum about their prospects, but was being more pessimistic about their prospects over the last next three years than, than I am, I actually look at it as like, you know what? If you play Denver, if you were healthy and you played Denver in a seven-game series right now with the, with the two teams that they had this year, healthy. I'm, you know, yeah, healthy. Again, I'm All stipulating healthy. healthy Brandon Clark, healthy Steven Adams. Everyone's healthy. I think the Grizzlies can win that series. Yeah. I, well, I'm, not, I, I'm, not pick, I'm not picking them to win the series, but, like, I think they'd do better than the Heat did in that series. Well, the Grizzlies, um, Grizzlies with Steven Adams, I thought, could have beat the Lakers in the series easily. Yeah. Not easily, but, 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 but I, they could have beat the Lakers. I think they actually match Lakers. up well against Denver because Denver doesn't have that player, you know. Um, and so um, they don't really have a But a I guess my on. point is, and I know you're talking about the, the, the draw that the Nuggets got being somewhat easy on, on their deficiencies, but you can win a championship without a Steph chase yeah. necessarily. Uh, yeah, you can, you can win a championship. Yeah, yes. Um, you can win a championship. All kinds of different ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can win a championship. All kinds of different ways. Now, one of the things that that Chris brought up today was, can you bring a champion, win a championship? And the, the nice thing is, we've learned you don't have to have like a super team, right? That's right. pretty clear. You can win in a small market, in like Milwaukee or a medium market, like Denver. You can win in big markets. You can win like you can you can win in Canada. You can like we've learned a lot recently, right? There's all kinds of different ways. Can you win a title? without one of the five best players in the world in that moment helping to carry, you know, carrying you. And there, I'd say no. Well, eh. and, 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 and the Grizz and, and, and so did, and so did the Grizzlies have that, you know, because you let, let, you know, last year it was staff this year. It's Jokic. Like, uh, it's been Kawhi. It's been LeBron. It's Giannis. It's, it's been Giannis. It's one of the whoever. What even though you're not of super teams, you do have. And he went well, back as far as Dirk. At that moment, he was one of yeah. the five best players in the world, being acting like the best player in the world. Do the Grizzlies? Can the Grizzlies win at the highest level when they? I don't think they have that. Well, you can, you can I, I think, but doesn't the moment be define top five? The moment defines the top five. You're, no, I, I agree. You don't have to be the top five over the course of the season. You just have to look like, and I in this in that moment, you get, look, and and I think Ja is capable of that. I think Ja is capable of taking over a series and looking like, you know, scoring forty two points and then forty six points and then whatever else and helping to carry you. But it is an interesting question because. Yeah. Um, while we talk about all the similarities with Denver and the Grizzlies in the sense of uh, they stayed the course, they kept their coach, they were patient, they just waited for good health, they whatever else. Well, one big difference is, is they have a back-to-back MVP yep. who might have won it again this year, who is clearly right now, you know, one of one of if not the best player in the world, and that's something the Grizzlies don't have. And whether you think Jock can get to be that. Uh, is an is an interesting question. Well, I, I, I mean, certainly, I mean, I I'm of the opinion Ja can be that eventually. Are you? I would, I would. I think he can be that in the moment. Yes. I don't. I mean, listen, Ja was was all NBA at at you know in a, in a, in his you know in his second year in the league, twenty two right? year old all, season, twenty two right. year old NBA. So I think yes. I don't think you'll ever look up. I don't think you'll ever look up and say at the start of a season. 
Ja is one of the three best players in the world. But do I think that you could have a, a an extended playoff run where Ja carries you and looks like one of the you know the absolute best players in the world? Yes. But I, I, could, I think Jason Tatum sort of the same level, right? Jason Tatum is – he's not – he's not like he, – he's he, 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 one of the best – he's not one of the five best players in the world. He's not. Like he's at that next level, and it was not good enough. Yeah. Right? Um, and, uh, and so do you need someone at that, at that next level? Yeah. I, think, I think of Jason Tatum and Ja obviously different, but I think of them at that – you know, at a, at, a, at, a, at a notch below that. And there are examples, but like the, the example that people always have to go back to is the freaking Pistons in the <laughs> 1980s, you know, with, <laughs> right. and, and, uh, and, and it's and not that, the same. And that gets to be a long time ago. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Jonathan Gavoni's report? Um, obviously ESPN NBA draft analyst talking about Zach Kleiman. It's a yearly thing with Zach Kleiman. Um but the Grizzlies, he says the Grizzlies is another team to look for to trade up into the late lottery and middle first round. I mean, I, I, I will say well, this. I think they already have a log jam of a bunch of developmental wings that could be that last catch-and-shoot piece. Um, I don't think they're going to count on that, that. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Player being the piece. I think, right. well, two things, two things. I think it's one of the things that it's always, you know, like occasionally you'll, you'll have people say about the Grizzlies, well, I, I just, I think they got to be aggressive because it's, it's, you know, there wouldn't, and the truth of the matter is, is the Grizzlies have always, under this administration, they've always been aggressive. Now, sometimes it was aggressive too much oriented towards youth. I think they've, they've made that they've, they've said that themselves last year, but even like, Justice Winslow didn't work, but when the hell have they not been aggressive? They've always been aggressive. You know, most people didn't want him trading Jonas Valanciunas. That was yep. a wildly unpopular trade when they made it. That team is aggressive. They move up, they move down, they move around, they trade picks. They like, if, if there's one thing you can say about that team, both at the margin in the small things they do and in the big things they do, they are aggressive. And so, to say, as Jonathan Gavoni did, that the Grizzlies would like to trade up. Well, look, that's yes, that's their mo. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, besides I been, the job pick in the first round, they've traded up every single time for the yeah, first round. Yeah, I would pick. be stunned if they weren't trying to trade up. They like players. They zero in on those players. They have conviction, that, which is everything. Now, they aren't always right, as we're learning. Right, but yeah. um, but they have conviction. They and so. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm not demeaning the report because presumably he has actual information about them trying to trade up. But if you had told me that they weren't trying to trade up, I would have been stunned. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's what this team does. This team tra- trades up or trades out or trades sideways. Like, they're, they're going to be aggressive. That's what they are. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't – I don't know. I, I never have any any concerns 
that they're going to be trying to do the right thing and trying to be aggressive to get the players they want. Now, last year, you know, it was the players they wanted were Jake LaRavia and David Roddy. And I don't think, you know, and, and obviously before that, the player that they, or at least among the players they wanted, we don't know that they desired that, that they zeroed in on Zaire Williams specifically, or if he was one of a group of players that they thought they could get at that spot. But, um, I think some of the, the, the glow is gone in the sense that we assume that whoever they pick is going to be awesome, mm-hmm. uh, which, which was the wonderful state we had reached uh, at one point. Uh, now I think there's a little more, okay, maybe they're not going to get everything right, but nobody gets everything right. And I, by the way, haven't completely given up on either of those dudes. No. Like, I, no. Think, I think there's a chance Jake LaRavia could be a, uh, rotation player this next year, and, and I think there's a very good chance, in fact, the likelihood that David Roddy will be a rotation player this year. You didn't mention Zaire. <laughs> are you, are you leaving to, him I'm out right to. now? The problem with Zaire is he has never been a – like even in college, he was – Right. He's, like, like, there's unlike, always something more that you wanted. He's never been a good basketball player. <laughs> you know, like, like he's just the anti-Grizzly in terms of what they – usually seem to want in a player, right? What they normally have gotten, whether it's Dez or Brandon Clark, like what they've, they've gotten is productivity. And um, David Roddy, same thing, productivity. Jake LaRavia, a little less so. Like some of the things that, that we saw about Jake LaRavia, like his, 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 his inability to get a shot off, or even though he has this beautiful stroke, he sometimes – doesn't have seem to have much impact on the game. That's a little bit of what you heard of him in college as well. So it echoes off of that to some extent. But um, but yeah, like the the, the maybe I, I hope Zaire will. I hope Zaire comes back and proves everybody wrong. Because does anybody in Memphis believe still believe in Zaire? I, I'm sure a few people are holding out hope. I mean, he was the he was their big shot. Pick. Holding out he hope was their is big, than but he, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But <laughs> I, I do agree with you. The same things that were being said of him coming out of Stanford. Well, he, you know, as a basketball player, the IQ's not fully polished. The, the, all of those things you saw him. I mean, that was last year. That was last year. Struggles to get off the bounce. Um, not not the not doesn't have the surest of handles. Shot inconsistent. All of right, that stuff he, showed he, last he, year. He, he can. He's, he can he can run the floor, uh, and you know, and he can uh, and he can catch alley oops. Yep. Um, um, but like beyond that, and honestly, the shot doesn't look broken, but it's never really gone in. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I don't know. Like he seems like a nice kid. I hope they're right. Of course, on. it would be it would be great. Like it would be all those guys at this point. I don't, I don't think people are out on David Roddy. I think people just sort of have a have a sense that he's. He's going to be what he is, a sort of a limited player. Um, but for all of them, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not prepared to, to say that they're, they're not going to amount to anything. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, I'm going to go ahead and presume they will be better next year than they were this year. This year they were counted on, probably for roles that they weren't, weren't ready for. And, and next year they'll be more ready for those roles. Um, and, and, and maybe they won't be thrust in such big roles. Talking with Jeff Calkins, columnist of the Daily Memphis, and also Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Do you think that uh, with all the reports of the Pelicans trying to move up in the draft, do you think it, it actually going in to this draft, trying to make something happen, make something shake, get up to the number two or number three pick using Zion Williamson, should they go about? 
their business that way and try to move Zion Williamson at this moment. God, that's so hard. Yeah. But then also, there is, a, there is a thought there that you are selling low because everybody knows the same thing to be true about Zion. Can he stay on the floor? They have I the presume, same question. I, the truth of the matter is, I, I would presume that at this point, you as management of the, of the Pelicans, you've dealt with Zion, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if Zion is simply has a body that's susceptible to injury and um, – and but is dedicated to the cause and whatnot. That's one thing. I, I, I like. I think they're in a better position to know than anybody else. They've worked with him for you know these years. And the problem is, is that it's not just the body. It it you've had people question his commitment to the to the enterprise. Yeah, and so to New Orleans. So yeah. So so I. I it, it, I mean, do you, do you just do you just go ahead and build a team on the hope that there's going to be one six month period where he's healthy, and that's gonna, and that's gonna, you know, carry you to some unlikely uh, playoff run at some point well, because the- you happen to catch lightning in a bottle because he was happy, he was healthy that one year. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I it, you know, they obviously gave him a contract already, um, so I guess you just write it out. Yeah, but I, I look at the Pelicans, and they are that missing piece of what, him being on the floor away from being a serious contender in the NBA. C.J. McCollum's a uh, obviously he got forced into playing point guard a little too much, but he's a very solid lead guard. Brandon Ingram is on that star superstar level. He's been an All Star before. Right. Trey Murphy's very solid. But Herb Jones is a good defense player. Willie Green, else. Willie Green, the I think's is, a good coach. Without, without Zion, with Zion. You take them like without Zion as as for all of those pieces that you describe, they're a play-in team. Yes, you know, and with Zion, there's something considerably more dangerous. And so, I think you just have to keep riding it out. But then, if you offload, I and mean, obviously they have Jonas too. I didn't even mention Jonas. But if they offload Zion and get a guy like Scoot Henderson to be a, a lead guard with C.J. McCollum, I mean that could be that could be the missing piece instead of Zion. I always yeah. had questions. I mean, even if Zion was I'm on the floor, and they're a better they team a with Zion picks. on the floor, but like Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Jonas sort of all occupying the same space oh, no, on the floor, and that's your starting fit. five? It doesn't fit. Right. Stylistically, it does not fit. I, but I'm, I guess I'm skeptical that if, you know, that, 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 that they'll be able to get up to two or three. Yeah. Um, Maybe, but I, I guess if you don't believe in Scoot, then and Scoot falls to three, um, then I, I, I guess uh, that might that might happen. I mean, it, but I, 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 I'm, I guess I'm skeptical that they'll be able to get up that high to get, you know, one of the premier players. In the well, show. yeah, and it sounds like the Char- the the Hornets are going to make them pay a hefty price. But I guess the decision would the 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 decision for the Hornets would be is Zion a hefty enough price? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's now, definitely hefty. He's hefty. <laughs> I had to use that word, huh? I had yeah. to use that word. Yeah. Now, um, are you in a better mood with Stephon Diggs today? He's he's back at minicamp. I'm still, I'm, yes, but I'm still, still confused by it. Yes. <laughs> like, what the hell was that all about? If if it's not that big a deal, why did the head coach say, you know, he was very concerned? I I think, and if if so, then. Did they shoot themselves into the foot in the way they communicated the story to begin with? 
um, I don't, I don't just assume that all is all is well. I'll just say that. I, I think they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're one game where he gets two targets or, you know, whatever, not enough targets where they lose away from him blowing up and walking off the team again. I, it, 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 that's what it feels like. But, um, but it's certainly better than yesterday. Yes. I feel, I feel better about it than yesterday because he's in camp and, uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's just confusing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And the fact that you have the coach and the GM talking about them, so them being very concerned. Does the whole wide receiver diva thing, which is a well-known uh, stereotype, did it apply in college? Hell, yes, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. It is Hell honestly. Yeah. Listen, I know people will say there's a reason that stereotypes are out there. There's some truth to some to to a lot of stereotypes. But yes, no, there were there were. I'm not going to name names because that's not fair to anybody. But yes, hell yes, wide receivers are prima donnas. They are as a group the biggest prima donnas. Yes, O line I think would be bottom of that though. Not even close. You don't have prima donnas. O line is the least prima donna. Yes. Okay. Who's number two? Number two would be DBs. I'd say DBs. DBs. Yeah, so the people covering the wide receivers. And then uh, you could get some quarterbacks in there. Um, running backs usually aren't prima donnas, usually. Are not. Usually. No, they take too much of a beating. Yes, right? yes. And they, they, I, I think that especially in this day and age of uh, football, they know that their value is not as high as it used to be, as it once okay, was. Okay, who was the – not to name names <laughs> – but who was the biggest grinder of the receivers? Who was the most anti-stereotypical of the receivers you played with? Phil Mayhew. Not even close. Phil Mayhew. Big dude, too, right? Yeah, 6'3", like, big, uh, big blocking guy. He, he would block really well, and grinder. he also caught some pass. Grinder, walk on at a time. That's it. Phil Mayhew, I mean, he, was, he didn't care about how many times he got the ball. But that also comes with, like, where he – how he had to how transition into being, path, a, right. being a starter. He was a walk-on at prep school and had to earn everything, earn a scholarship, the whole thing. I'd say Anthony was – Anthony, I guess as, as, as he got better, he demanded the ball, wanted the ball more. But at the same time, he never really was that way either because yeah, of the walk-on aspect. Is it just about demanding the ball? Is that what makes them – like I think you probably want someone to demand the ball, right? If you're a receiver, is it, isn't it – is it more you than that? But, but when, when, when you demand the ball and then you get angry when your demands aren't you met, that's it. the issue. Right. Like that, that's, usually, that's where all of it comes from. And I guess uh, certain treatment off the field and everything like that, I mean, I, I, I can't give you exact details on that, but I, I guess it, it, it could come down to that, how, how the coach treats you and the position you're in could, could Come into come into play here, but I don't. It was Stephon, getting back to the point. I don't think Stephon Diggs. I don't think there, there should be any issues there. He's he's at the top of the league in targets per game and per year. He usually has a hundred receptions, yeah, thirteen hundred yards other, the, a year. The larger point is he's super high strong. He just is. Yes. I mean, we saw that with the fight. Doesn't matter. You get all the money, get all the targets. He's just a different dude. And. Um, and I, I sort of I think that's a little bit what I think too. It's not just that you're demanding the ball; it's just that you're. He seems like he's just a difficult personality, yeah. um, and uh, and that's fine as long as you're catching touchdown passes, I guess. No, who you know? doesn't seem like a difficult personality who's out there right now? DeAndre Hopkins. 
He doesn't seem like he has that difficult personality. That is that true? Though, then why is he? Why is every? Why is every team getting rid of him? Well, I wouldn't say they're. I mean, are they getting rid of him? Like, I mean, I like mean, the Cardinals, you, they had. You to, you the you Cardinals are going to full rebuild. Cardinals are going full rebuild, and Bill O'Brien's an idiot when it comes to his GM. He may be an okay offensive coordinator, but as a as a GM, he did not make good decisions with the Texans. I don't. I I can't. I can't weigh in on whether DeAndre Hopkins is. It doesn't or seem that way. Well, we'll see. We'll see who where he ends up next. It looks like he's trying to go for money though with the Patriots and Titans visits. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Would you like him on the Bills? Of course, you'd like him on the Bills. Although yeah, I don't know if Stephon Diggs it, would it, like that. It's so clearly not. Yeah, and I think at this point it just feels explosive adding him to the Bills. I don't. I don't. Yeah, no. Let's let let's, let's not add an, another uh, uh, high-profile wide receiver. I think let's leave, let's let's just let this go. And I, he, you're exactly right. He wants money, and the Bills don't have money, so he's not going to the Bills. Yep, for sure. Well, Jeff, we'll do it again tomorrow. Appreciate it, yeah. man. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Uh, Jeff Calkins Show nine to eleven, and also. His columnist at the Daily Memphian. Now, Oxbow is everyone's favorite local men's store, women's store. They have everything for you, but it is perfect for Father's Day coming up on Sunday. And they can you can shop there. You can go to the store, two-story storefront, beautiful. They try to make you at home right off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico station. Um, but they have a wide range of gifts for dad. Uh, popular brands like Genteel that I absolutely love, Free Fly, Costa. Uh, get some nice sunglasses. They have Yeti. Get some coolers. Duckhead, and more at Oxbow. Find the ideal gift for the avid golfer in your life as well at Oxbow. They have great collections. They have the Hush Y'all collection that is a, a tribute to our local tournament here in Memphis. And they also have just, in general, a diverse selection of clothing and accessories for men. Um, so they will ensure that you will find something unique for every dad. Again, off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico station. Um, you can get that Gentile apparel. Uh, High-quality, trendy designs in that genteel apparel. They have pants, shorts, shirts, polos, the whole nine. Um, and that, that free-fly uh, apparel, good performance gear, um, good for outdoor activities and everyday wear. And if they enjoy fishing, spending time on the water, they have uh, or, or just hunting as well, they have hunting and outdoor gear. Um, get that – the Costa sunglasses is something I'd point – for, for that fisher in your life, renowned for their exceptional clarity and UV protection. Um, but also those Yeti products, coolers, drinkware, accessories, perfect for outdoor adventure, backyard uh, uh, barbecue, tailgating. Um, but make sure you get to Oxbow. It's a go-to spot in Memphis for all things men's fashion, and you will ensure if you go to Oxbow, uh, right there off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station, you will ensure that you find that perfect gift that suits the dad in your life. Also, you can go to the store, and I, I suggest you get to the store. You will love what you see in there and love what you find. But they have an online store as well that I have a deal for you if you visit. ShopOxbow.com. Again, ShopOxbow.com. And when you go get that, uh, that perfect gift, they ship anywhere in the U.S. of A. If you go get that perfect gift at ShopOxbow.com for your dad, make sure you enter my promo code, The Gabe Show. All caps, one word, The Gabe Show. G A B E. The Gabe Show. When you go to check out, enter that promo code. You'll get 20% off. 20% off. I try to give back. This is my way of giving back. Again, shopoxbow.com and put in my promo code when you check out The Gabe Show. But shop local, shop Oxbow. We still have plenty upcoming on The Gabe Coon Show. And we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and grab a break and we'll do more 
when we return, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I have been given a gift. I've been given a gift from one of my sources, but a good a good host never reveals his sources. So tonight, for those that don't know, SEC schedule for 2024 is going to be released. It'll be released here in about 20 minutes. I have been given home and away opponents for 2024. We have eight, obviously, eight game schedule. They're only going to keep the one rivalry in there, but some interesting stuff in here. Obviously, Arkansas A&M is going to be in Arlington, Florida, Georgia in Jacksonville, and Texas, and Oklahoma will be in Dallas. Um, but I guess we'll start with Texas um, and, and Oklahoma. Texas at home is going to have Mississippi State, Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky in 2024. Um, and then they're going to have Oklahoma, A&M. Oklahoma is a pseudo-road game for them technically, even though it will be in Dallas. But then on the road, they're going to have Oklahoma, A&M, Arkansas, and Vandy. That's actually a pretty good landing spot for a first year. I'd have to say. I don't know how Texas is going to fare once they get into the SEC. I think it'll be a rude awakening in a lot of ways, but they're recruiting really well, and that NIL, um, everything they got going is is solid. Sark is pretty good out on the recruiting trail. We know his past transgressions, but he's done a, a, a good job of bringing in good talent. Then Oklahoma, um, that Texas game is a pseudo-home game, even though it'll be in Dallas, but then they'll have year one at home. This is kind of a tough home schedule for Oklahoma in year one in the SEC. They're going to have Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina. <laughs> and South Carolina has a wheel spin, and they're moving pretty well right now. They're doing a pretty good job scrappy, with Shane man. Beamer. They're pretty scrappy. Eight wins last year. And then on the road, uh, they have one game against Mizzou. That's sort of a soft landing for them. But on the road, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss. So that full schedule – for Oklahoma, year one in SEC, Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina at home, at LSU, at Auburn, at Ole Miss, at Mizzou. Damn. That could be two wins or three wins but when it's all said and done. That's going to be – I mean, Texas actually has an okay schedule. Like, I, 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 can, I can get by Mississippi State, Florida, Kentucky, all at home. Oklahoma has no weeks off. It's going to have no weeks off year one. You got what you wish for. No question. Um, it looks like for Tennessee, they're going to keep Alabama on the schedule. They're going to keep Alabama on the good. schedule, so they, that's that's good stuff. So their home uh, schedule will be Alabama, Mississippi State, Florida, and Kentucky, and then at Vandy, at Arkansas, at Georgia, at Oklahoma. So they'll get Oklahoma. They'll draw Oklahoma here one. That'll be a fun game. Last time they played Oklahoma, I almost died of a heart attack. All right, now who else do we want, Connor, before we move on? Who else do we want schedule-wise? See, Arkansas – LSU home game, Ole Miss home game, Tennessee and Texas, those are all at home. Um, then at Mizzou, at Auburn, uh, uh, neutral side against A&M, and then at Mississippi State. Ole Miss, uh, we'll just sort of round out the, the local stuff here. Ole Miss will be Mississippi State, Georgia, Kentucky, Oklahoma all at home. So Ole Miss is going to draw Oklahoma year one in the conference. That'll be a good game. Then they'll have at LSU, at Arkansas, at Florida, at South Carolina. Hmm. So I, I'm looking through this. And Oklahoma is going to just have a brutal entry to the SEC. Again, I want to mention it, and then I'll move on. You're going to have Texas at a neutral site. 
then Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina. No, no, no games off at home. There could be a lot of uh, angry fans in Norman if those are all losses. Um, and then it'll be at LSU, at Auburn, at Ole Miss, and then soft landing with Mizzou, at Mizzou. So <laughs> Oklahoma's going to be brutalized through that SEC schedule, that eight-game SEC schedule year one. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. But it sounds like basically every single week there's going to be a huge matchup for the SEC going on, which, well, is, that's is, which it, is exciting. That's, that's exactly it, why they brought in Texas and OU. That's what it is. And the, one thing they did do, obviously A&M and Texas are going to play year one. That will be very fun. It'll be at A&M, though. Um, that seems fair. I do enjoy that. And then finally, because you never – it's just – especially during the regular season, we've had a rarity of, of this game being played. But Bama and Georgia in Tuscaloosa, that's great. That's great for year one of the, the crossover schedule. I still think the eight-game schedule is going to be a crossover, right? It's like they're not going to stick at eight games with the amount of teams they have. I think eventually they get to nine, but they're going to have to all agree at some point to, to up it. The Big Ten has done it. It's worked out for them. They're going to probably stay at nine when, when UCLA and USC join the conference. I think they've already said that, and they've, they've released that schedule. But the SEC, it's just it, it would be foolish to continue to go with eight. You want more premier matchups. That's why you bring in Texas and Oklahoma. Give the people more premier matchups. What's the reasoning for going with eight right now? Do you think? I don't know. Are they afraid I, that they're gonna that the conference is gonna so eat itself? My my I guess my thought process is to to bring in the TV partners on it before they officially transition. See if they can talk them out of a little bit more money. But I I that's that's all I can really reason, right? That, that seems about it. And I guess if you are one of these teams that plays, you know, an FCS opponent at home, right. you could potentially be losing a, a home game in your out-of-conference schedule. And I don't think they want to lose ticket sales and concession sales for, for a home game. But ultimately, eventually they'll, they'll make more money, I, I would imagine. They bring in ESPN on the deal. I, they'd make more money by, by playing that extra game. But we have to get there first. We have to get there first. Now, uh, that's fun. That's always fun. I will not reveal my sources. But let's go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back for Small Talk, I know we're going to stay on the, the, the sort of sports topic, but I think there's something interesting to be discussed. I obviously have my issues with the way the St. Louis Rams left St. Louis and ultimately ended up in L.A. And I see the people in Oakland going through the same thing. Um, but they have the reverse boycott going on. For the Oakland Athletics right now, they have won seven in a row but still sit at 19 and 50. I want to discuss that on the other side as we get into small talk right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM, ESPN. They look up to me. I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my face. Get some whiskey for dad. We got Father's Day coming up on Sunday. And I have to point you in the direction of Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey. Or you can get that Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey bottled in bond. That's the stepped up version. Make sure you go check it out. It's the first whiskey to be distilled, barreled, aged, bottled in Memphis since Prohibition. Alex Castle, the first female distiller uh, in the state of Tennessee, she she does a great job. And she is just uh, fantastic at what she does. This old Dominic Tennessee whiskey, I do have to point out, maple sugar charcoal distilled. 
Maple, maple sugar, chocolate, so, so the flavor's going to be great. Dad's going to love it. Uh, he's going to put it on ice. He may put a little water. You can mix it. You can you can drink it neat. You can do whatever you want because it is fantastic. And I, 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 I tend to call it Memphis whiskey because it is unto its own. It is from Memphis. We need to take pride in that. That old Dominic Memphis whiskey is available just about wherever you shop. In Memphis, some in Arkansas, it's available in Mississippi. Um, but go to your favorite liquor store. Go to your favorite uh, restaurant and ask for it by name. They will have it on hand for you. Also, I do want to point out, make sure you check out. They have an eight-year Yuling Station wheat single barrel. It is beautiful. It is fantastic. Dad will love it. Make sure you check that out. Um, but also, if, you, if you're looking for something to do, Make sure you head down, down to check out their state-of-the-art distillery and learn what makes Old Dominic so special. You can stop in for a drink. I would suggest a tour and tasting. Tour and tasting for Dad is always fun. You can go book that at olddominic.com. Um, also, worth mentioning, Old Dominic is the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. So they have two bar locations. If you're taking Dad to a concert later, if you're taking Dad um, to a, a comedian, going to see a game, make sure you stop by and buy him a drink at one of those two bar locations. But Old Dominic Distillery, come say hi. All right, Connor, let's hop into small talk. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And I have to go here with this. I know it's still on the sports conversation, but the reverse boycott in Oakland is pretty fun. I gotta say, Connor, have you seen some of this stuff? It's I have. kind of a little it's bit of a great. playoff environment. The, obviously, the 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 upper upper deck is not handled, but they they have filled the lower the lower bowl twenty eight thousand deep for a reverse boycott. And the the thought of Oakland A's fans is to show ownership that they still have a decent fan base, even though they're trying to move out to Vegas. And the A's throughout this process, there's been a couple of these reverse boycotts. They've won seven in a row. <laughs> they won seven in a row. And they hold – it's kind of hard. They're 19 and 50 still. They hold both the longest winning streak and the most losses in the Major League Baseball. That is just – that is very hard to do. Now, they're still going to be one of the worst, if not the worst team in Major League Baseball when it's all said and done. But I have to say, the ownership sucks. Terrible. John Fisher stinks. Dave Cavall, who is their, their president, stinks. The fans deserve better. And this is another example of money talking. If a billionaire wants to move his team – he or she will make a way. They're going to line their own pockets. That's much more important than any community that supports them. They will spit in their face on the way out. And I saw this in St. Louis, and that's why St. Louis with the Rams got paid out, what was it, upwards of $700 million later um, for, for the Rams' move to L.A. But there's a, a fair amount of collusion going on that, that kept the A's from staying in Oakland. They, they tried to do that Howard Terminal site, and it never happened. The city of Oakland raised $375 million when they were originally asked to raise $350 million. Then the money they needed to raise balloon due to COVID, and I put that, I'm doing air quotes here, because due to COVID, to $567 million. I've seen this play before. Oh, economy. We, got, we, we need more money. We need more money down from the city of Oakland. Then they nearly raised another $100 million in grants just to still come up short about $90 million of that $567 million asking price. And while all this was happening, Major League Baseball, and I, I want to say Rob Manfred because he wants this to happen. 
He wants there to be a team in, in, in Las Vegas for obvious reasons. But he allowed the A's ownership to explore relocation. Then the A's proposed a $1.5 billion stadium development at the Tropicana Hotel on the Vegas Strip. And yesterday, if you were paying attention, the Nevada State Senate passed a $380 million bill to help fund a new stadium. Mind you, the city of Oakland raised more money for their stadium project at Howard Terminal. $375 million plus $100 million grants. It's just, I feel bad for A's fans. It's an obvious effort on the part of the MLB and the A's to have bad faith negotiations at the expense of a fan base. Not the first time I've seen it, not the last time we'll see it. They don't care. They get what they want, and that's baseball in Vegas, and they never care who they step on. But let me get off my soapbox because we have one more hour left in the Gabe Coon Show, and we're going to spend it. We're going to get into the Blitz around 6.30. We'll end you with the rewind. But coming up next, I'm ready for this conversation. The guy who, from St. Louis, um, coached in St. Louis, state championship winning coach, turned 247 sports CBS sports college football analyst. He will join me next. That's Carl Reed right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.